0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash w-t-f <laughs> all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fuck nicks what's happening I'm Mark and this is my podcast WTF welcome to it I imagine most of you have, have been here before you've hung out a bit you know what's happening, you know who I am, you know what the deal is, you know whether or not I annoy you or whether or not you like me or whether or, not, or whether or not I annoy you and you like me. You know these things. It's been a long time now that we've been hanging out, you and I and that guy. It's been a while that uh, we've all been here together, us and those two over there. It's been, a, you know, well over a decade, maybe 13 years almost since we've all been just sitting around talking And and those guys over there and that lady, all of us, don't, don't alienate them just because they're weird. We're all fucking weirdos. Some people are toxic weirdos though. I'd say the self-aware weirdos are where we're at. I think that's where we need to be. Self-aware weirdos, not toxic weirdos, evil weirdos. You don't want to be an evil weirdo. Do you? Do you? Today on the show I talked to Jen Statsky. She is the uh, co-creator and showrunner and writer of the show Hacks on HBO. Uh, She's to write for Parks and Rec, The Good Place, Broad City, Lady Dynamite, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. She's a writer. She comes from uh, the Boston area. So that Jen's going to be here as a nice conversation, heavy. Uh I'll just I'll I'll tease it a little bit from here, uh, Only Child, and you know I I get a little curious about Only Children. But besides that, tomorrow night, I'll be in Durham, North Carolina at the Carolina Theater, then Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday at the Night Theater. And on Sunday, I am in Charleston, South Carolina at the Charleston Music Hall. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. I am exhausted. It's weird because I was walking with Kevin Nealon and um, I just I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to tip it, but I did uh, Kevin Nealon's hikey show. I, I don't even know if he was able to uh, get what we needed. He you know, it took him. He'd been bothering me about this for months to do the hike show where we walk and, and he's, uh, he's got a camera on a thing, on a selfie stick, and we do a little interview and we hike outdoors. So I had him come over on to this side of the place. We go up to the hike up here and it's midday because he had to do something with his kid and you know, it was hot. We were sweating. He'd forgotten the batteries that he had charged for the camera. We didn't know if that was going to hold up. He's got a drone that I've never worked with a drone before. It's very exciting. I, exciting in the way that like, what am I, seven? Does, can I use the can I play with it? Can I play with it? Can I can I can I can I can I, can I control it? I didn't say that, but that was going on inside of me. It was kind of exciting to see the drone. But he was a, you know, he's a one man show. The this Neilan guy with the camera and the drone, and we're doing stuff and we're talking. And it was nice. It was good to see him. He's a funny guy. It was funny to see him wrestling with a drone and dealing with the aggravation of being his own production team. That was funny. I don't know that he would see it that way. I I found it to be amusing. He kept saying thank you for being patient, and I kept thinking, no, this is the the funniest thing I've seen in months. But um. He said, "You know what, what? What is the most most exciting thing you've done in your life?" And you know, it's like there's so many exciting things, and I, I so many exciting things, and it's sort of a day to day thing. I've had a great, some great accomplishments, but like to be honest with you, day before yesterday or two days ago, I watched some of an Altman movie with uh, Kit, and then there was some really connected good sex, and then after that, it was like let's walk to Baskin and Robbins and have an ice cream cone. And that was like the best ice cream cone I can remember having in my adult life. Is that weird? And the sex was good too. The movie, not great. Uh, It was Buffalo Bill and the Indians and we didn't get far into it. It was okay, but I think it requires some patience we didn't have. But that ice cream cone, it was just a, a chocolate dipped waffle cone with a scoop of vanilla and a scoop of uh, gold medal, uh, whatever that is. And I don't go, who goes to Baskin Robbins that often? But the weird thing is I'm of a certain age when I remember when Baskin Robbins was the ice cream place. That was it. That was like, we're going to go to get ice cream out at Baskin Robbins. I think if you're on the East Coast, you had a Friendlies here and there. But where I lived at uh, Baskin Robbins and it's lit the same way and it's set up the same way. And right when you walk in and it smells the same. There's that. There's that journey back, and the woman who was there was giving me these scoops that were monstrous. Like I was watching her scoop, and I had a moment where I was like, "Yeah, I think that's it," I, but I stifled that immediately. I was like, "All right, that's what you're going to do. We're going to go. We're going to do it, and I'll eat fucking all of that." But it was just that kind of sex ice cream combo. I mean, that's all you got for me. I'm not a drug person, so you're gonna you're dealing with. uh you're dealing with caffeine, you're dealing with uh, uh, endorphins released during sex, and you're dealing with sugar, and that was just, uh, you know, they were all going, and it was, uh, was magical. This is, a, this is not an ad for Baskin-Robbins. So look, I'm experimenting. I, I have this list I wrote down on a piece of paper. It just says trauma, tolerance, empathy. Interesting list, I know. I could explain it more, but I've been experimenting with uh, being empathetic for the worst of us, with the worst of us, because some of the worst of us, some of the broken minded um, grievance and blame junkies uh, who are moving this country more towards something that uh, no longer resembles a democracy. I'm not being political here. I'm just saying I'm trying to be empathetic because, like, it'd be hard for me to be totally empathetic with someone who grew up in India because I don't know what that experience is. But I grew up with these fucking fascists. They were my neighbors. They're the kids I knew in school. We're all of the same. But and I understand the thinking. I want to believe things. I want to believe things. I make connections. I make connections of things that happen to me in almost a conspiratorial, mystical way. But I know myself. I am self-aware. Of, of the way my brain works and how it's broken and, whether, and when I have to say no to my mind. Sometimes my mind does things and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Nope, you stop it right now, mind. You stop it right now. We won't have any of that shit. That goes nowhere good, brain, nowhere good. But I get it, I get it. Look, man, I've been having some shit go down over here. There's some signs, there's some moments, there's some indicators. If I want to look at them like that, right, I mean, you guys know, I had a coyote in the yard the other day, hanging out, just sleeping, looking at me. What's a coyote mean? What does it mean? Look it up. What does a coyote mean? Spiritual, mystical, Native American. Could mean good, could mean bad, could mean, you know, something uh, is going to happen that you don't expect at all. Could mean a lot of things. All those things could happen also without the coyote. But let's just assume that the coyote is an indicator. Then a couple days, uh, maybe the next day, I thought the coyote ate the rabbit. The rabbit had not been eaten. The rabbit was just sitting there on my stoop. The rabbit. So there's a coyote visitation. There's a rabbit visitation. All right. Do you understand what's happening? It's all happening. These, you know, what does that mean? What does the rabbit mean? Why do they too? Why is there so many birds around? What's with the bird nests? Why? What are they trying to communicate? Why is my house surrounded by electric wildlife? And then I went on a hike the other day and I got stung by a fucking bee. I got stung by a bee. What is that about? I can't even remember the last time I got stung by a bee. It's kind of like the Baskin-Robbins thing. It happens when you're a little kid. It's very consistent, but I wasn't allergic. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't start choking or breaking out in hives, but I got stung by a bee and I knew it was a bee. And I, I reached around my back and I fucking, I was like, I felt it and I grabbed the bee and then I saw it crawling on my leg with a big um, kind of string of ooze from its ass because, you know, it done its duty. It done its job. It made its kamikaze mission on my back to no end. It meant nothing, right? To the, I mean, what a waste of a stinger. Here's the point. What does it mean? Coyote plus rabbit plus bird. Plus, you know, getting stung by a bee. How does it all come together? Well, I know the answer isn't the Jews are in on it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Had nothing to do with the Jews. I'm a Jew. Maybe I'm being targeted somehow. But see, even that's a fucking stretch. The point is, if you're going to string together a bunch of random things, even if they seem like they sound like they make sense and they could be connected, it's just an attempt to have a context to have a explanation to have some sort of chain of events that explains things but may be completely desperate and have nothing to do with each other and also could be complete bullshit and the jews had nothing to do with it that's all i'm telling you like maybe some native american spirits for me but i mean rethink it No brain, no. Those aren't connected things. They have no meaning whatsoever. Hey, brain, I just put a bunch of bullshit into your engine. Disregard. Disregard. The bee sting. The coyote. The rabbit. The birds. All right? The Jews will not replace me. Because I'm a Jew. Right? That's what the bee said to me. Look. Look. Hey, listen. It was great talking to Jen uh, Statsky. It was a uh, because I don't talk to a lot of writers specifically about writing and where they come from and yeah, it, but it was it, it was good. And it was uh, enjoyable and I like the show. It's weird because as a comic, you don't know if you're going to like a show about comics because usually you don't, but they were very specific about how about the life of this particular comic and the backstory and it it was I think on the money and remains on the money in a lot of ways. As a comic, I'm not thinking like, this is bullshit. So anyways, season two of Hacks just finished. You can watch both seasons on HBO Max. This is me talking to the co-creator of that show, uh, Jen. you get your podcasts. Do you like Los
1: Angeles? I do. I mean, like, I, I now I'm I'm used to it, you know, yeah. I, I'm an East Coaster and I, I do. Where? Uh, from? Right outside Boston. Where? Milton.
0: I went to school in Milton. You did? Curry College.
1: You went to Curry College? For a year. No way. I did. I went to
0: Curry College for a year.
1: I was a, uh, uh, my summer camp where I worked was at Curry College.
0: What kind of summer camp?
1: It was a YMCA day camp where I was oh. a counselor and that we used the grounds of Curry. No That's kidding. so funny that you went to Curry. I was
0: there. Yeah. I was there for, I kind of I kind of blew it in high school and I, yeah. and I scrambled <laughs> my senior year and yeah. I decided I got to go somewhere. And I ended up at Curry, and I don't. I, yeah, I have memories of it pretty good. I mean, yeah. it was okay. I don't remember learning anything,
1: yeah. but I remember. <laughs> you what, went to BU though, right? Was yeah, it you for, did a year there. I went then, to Curry
0: for a year, and then I did four more at BU. Yeah, the
1: five-year program. Yeah, I did
0: the sure. five-year program. Want to take that last year kind of easy? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but Milton, that's pretty fancy.
1: You know, Isn't it is it is fancy. There's a very fancy private school there, Milton Academy, Right, which I drove through the grounds on my way to public school. <laughs> I did not go to Milton Academy. I went to public school in Milton. But Milton is a weird, there's half of the town that is like super fancy, right. super wealthy yeah. and then there's another half that is is not really i mean i haven't listen i haven't lived there in a long time a long time but that's i was what probably it was in like school early.
0: there before you were born
1: <laughs> i let's see i, I was there
0: 81 82 that's when i was in milton
1: okay i was born in 85 okay so, so we, i just missed you just <laughs> missed each other would have been fun would have <laughs> yeah, been fun yeah. to hang <laughs>
0: But then it was all like it was like a few miles away from Mattapan, right? Didn't you just yeah drive
1: very sh- close to Mattapan? Yeah.
0: I just don't. I kind of. Uh, I just remember it was a big deal to like. It wasn't. You you had this idea that when going to school in Boston, mm-hmm. but it, it was a schlep. Yeah. It's not like you just go to Boston.
1: No, it's far. The public transportation was not great. To, so out it's, to Milton. Yeah, it's, yeah, it wasn't an easy thing to just. Even though Milton is 15 minute drive into Boston, as a kid, the public transportation was not great. So, like, I didn't get to go into Boston. a ton. Yeah. I did because my dad is from Southie and is very really, you know, yeah. So we would. What's his story? He he was a from is, Southie. He still is. He's alive. Uh, yeah, from Southie. Irish guy? No, Polish. Polish Catholic. Huh. Uh, and that was
0: happening in Southie.
1: Yeah, there's like a small Polish population <laughs> in Southie, yeah. but yeah, he, born and raised in Southie, his wow. p- parents owned like a corner store, Uh, very, very working class, like yeah. didn't finish high school, yeah. became a building inspector for the city of Boston. Your dad did? Yeah.
0: Did he talk like he was from Southie?
1: He has a crazy thick <laughs> accent. Like <laughs> yes, so yes. thick that when, my, when I moved into NYU my freshman year, the roommate who I was assigned to couldn't understand him really yeah he he came in and she had a photo that she had put up of her and her boyfriend i guess yeah. at the time and he was like ah is that your hugger is that your hugger and, and i was and she looked at him and i was like he's saying is that your hugger which is like you know it's like Southie. they have all these like weird terminology some,
0: boston slang is the weirdest it's
1: really weird but he's yeah. so that
0: like there's like jimmy's you, for your yeah, ice cream, yeah,
1: which is not, which apparently is yeah. a, a racist what? term. That is it not, really? Yeah, I think. I yeah, had no idea. Not, but but that's Boston for you. There's so much yeah. stuff we grew up and with. And there was that. some
0: other one. There was some other one that was weird for soda. Or so, I can't remember. I can't, I, like there was, yeah, it's like the fighter. They, so your dad was in. Like, it's the, very,
1: like uh, all those cliche Boston movies I watch and I'm like, this is exactly They, they get it right? Yeah, they do. They yeah. really do get it. Do, do you, you judge right? the
0: uh, actors who do Boston accents pretty harsh?
1: <laughs> um,
0: it's a tough one, It's man. a tough one. It I would turn a down one. a role if I was expected to do yeah. that
1: one. Do you think, how is your Boston accent?
0: I could probably do it. I can't drop right into it, but I'd yeah. have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I spent, an, I spent a bit of time there.
1: Yeah, it's. I don't judge it too harshly, but yeah. it does very much stick out to me when there's a sort bad of
0: annoying. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I was there for a long time. I was in Somerville, and I it had definitely had a, a profound impact on me. I grew to resent uh, New England townies fairly deeply.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of my experience too. <laughs> is that even though I'm from there, and I do have some, you know, real affection. I, some of my best friends still live there, sure. and we're. I the thing. About about it, the chip on the shoulder is a very real thing for people in Boston. I don't exactly know why, but I felt that very strongly. Like, you know,
0: they just have it.
1: They just have it. I don't know what. I it wonder is. if it's
0: an Irish thing.
1: It might be because it There's, might be.
0: It's just some sort of extension of the general historical chip on the Irish shoulder. Yeah, it's just sort of the American version of it.
1: It might be. That's yeah, because yeah, Milton, where I grew up, yeah. had the highest per capita Irish Catholic population I in you America. Say chip
0: on the shoulders, the highest per
1: capita. <laughs> yeah, they did a study, and the highest <laughs> per capita chips. chips on shoulders. <laughs> oh, so it was Irish, mostly super Irish, super Irish Catholic. Yeah,
0: it's so odd to that had this. Like, I got very like I started doing comedy there, and I spent a lot of time there, and I began. I, I got kind of afraid of them. Yeah. Of like, you know, the Boston Irish uh, because they were intense and it yeah. was scary. And it was weird because the first time I went to Ireland, I saw a lot of Irish people that looked much like. Mm-hmm. the Irish in Boston so I was naturally kind of nervous PTSD but they're, also, yeah. but they're also sweet there
1: yeah they're very yes I've <laughs> been to like, Ireland they're the sweetest but people but they look the same as the, <laughs> the ones in Boston don't they yeah yeah for sure it's, for sure it
0: freaked me out but
1: it's it's a love hate thing for me because the chip on the shoulder bothers me but then at the same time there's a toughness there that I sure. genuinely love oh and yeah and they're characters with. too yeah, like, yeah your
0: dad sounds like one of those He's characters Absolutely, character yeah. they're not hiding much I mean they're no. not they're you know, very forward yeah <laughs> (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What what about your mom? Is she from there?
1: She, so my mom was from High Park. Do you know High Park? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, So she kind of, I mean, my mom was, she passed away a few years ago. Mm. Uh, Sorry. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Not meant like a, yeah, pretty mentally ill, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Her Mm. and my dad had a very uh, not ideal relationship, though married to the day she died.
0: No kidding. Like what like what do you mean mentally ill like what kind
1: she like pretty like. As I got older, yeah. she kind like it was kind of an agoraphobia. Yeah. Oh, it was really? kind of like a not leaving the house. Oh, like, so,
0: you, and so the family didn't quite identify it as mentally ill until in retrospect. Or n-
1: no, no, I'm identifying it, but yeah. I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, right.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because my
1: dad, you know, uh, again, a character, but there is no uh, discussion of feelings okay. or no
0: or, emotional language no, other than yeah. uh, excitement and it, anger.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's and, I, and I'm an only child, so yeah, it's yeah. like that funny. I'm the only one living oh, really? in, in reality oh, to right. some degree.
0: Oh, and, and so your mom was just a little freaked out.
1: Yeah, she was just a little, you know, there was definitely undiagnosed, like, bipolar or dep- oh, my God. something going yeah. on where it was, yeah, it was just not Wow, not so the you, best. And you're
0: the only one. You were the only child. I
1: was the only child, and, yeah. And
0: you had to get out. Because it's so weird. I was watching uh, that. I finally got around to uh, watching some of that George Carlin doc oh, last night. I yeah, I watched it yet. Well, there's just some like he's Irish, New York, you mm-hmm. know, and there there's something about that that capacity to stuff feelings, yeah, that seems to be a Catholic thing, uh, certainly true. an Irish Catholic thing. I don't want to generalize, but no, you know, it's super. And it, he was highly that. aware of it and still couldn't do anything about it.
1: Yeah, it's very, you know, the being taught the language of, of feelings and how yeah. to talk about these things is, is very. It's very rare, and it's it's only a recent thing, yeah. I think. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: How are you at it?
1: I'm, I've had to get good at it because yeah. I had to. It was such a kind of fraught uh, zero through 18, you know, that yeah. once I left... I was like, oh, I really you were like
0: you were we're not socialized. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, but like I I was like I was like oh I need I need therapy. Pre- You're like pretty bad. A, a feral Catholic, <laughs> like from just being in the house, you didn't know yeah. how
0: to.
1: Yeah, I had to be socialized, put in a pen with other other animals <laughs> to socialize, other
0: emoting people. Yeah, I uh, yeah, and I don't know, like I you know, just talking about, it, I'm not sure how good I am at communicating it. I I think I'm like I'm uh, more of a like oh, okay, I'm okay. Good, mm-hmm. but there are people I talk to. I yeah. mean, you only need a couple, right? You can't just run around
1: no, no emoting no, all the time. No, that wouldn't be good either. No. Yeah,
0: my brother's like that. We were just sort of like, dude, just keep <laughs> some of it in. Talking
1: to the waitress. Yeah, yeah.
0: just too much. Like, yeah. Well, my dad was terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh What are the specials? Yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> so you were just there in the house. Did it, it, how, were you? You needed to get out, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I was very, you know, my my dad worked a lot. He was a yeah. he was a building inspector like I said, but he also was a bartender and just like did Also, with, I think, you know, Did he
0: work at a bar called Paddy's? He I'm worked he, yeah. <laughs>
1: <That's> just... <laughs> he worked at Am Ryan's.
0: Okay. Uh, Am right. Ryan's
1: in South Boston. If mm. anyone's listening, I don't so he actually... stayed
0: in there. He lived in Milton. So, so going... that's
1: the thing is that he lived. We lived in Milton. Yeah. They moved there, and I think probably because the schools were better and stuff. But yeah. like, he never left behind that Southie boy thing. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. like
0: so he knew the Bulger brothers and grew up with all that shit.
1: Yeah, he grew up with all that. Uh. He like a couple of a did you co- like,
0: watch Black Mass?
1: It's a good question I got to ask him. <laughs> like a couple of years ago, like a, a this was so bizarre. I still yeah. don't understand how it happened. Like a a, a Postmate came to my door. Yeah. We order, I yeah. ordered food and my husband was like, hey, uh, Jen, the Postmate wants to talk to you. And I was like, he wants to talk to me? <laughs> well, he's got questions about the order. What yeah. are we talking about? And it was this guy that my dad had like, I guess, you know, my dad spent a lot of time around the the projects in Southie and he was kind of like this surrogate father figure I guess to guys there and this guy who actually was part of Mark Wahlberg's like entourage uh-huh. he's sort of the group of guys that entourage sure. then was based on yeah was telling me that my dad used to like come and pick them all up in his truck and he was like yeah these guys didn't have shoes and your dad took us to buy sneakers and <laughs> and I'm just like Thank you for my food. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I still that t-
0: happened in L.A.
1: That happened in L.A. And I don't know. And it's a it's that really interesting thing, right? Of like he wasn't super present for me in the ways I wish he had been. Yet I'm yeah. hearing about this whole other
0: right, right, world. The, the street thing, he the grew street up-
1: thing. Yeah, it's. I think the pull of that was hard for him to shake.
0: Yeah, and I I guess there's an understanding. I mean, he must have been. I don't know. Maybe he was just baffled. By a daughter,
1: I think he yeah, I think I think he was he was baffled by my mom and how to like uh, maybe handle that, and then probably baffled by a daughter yeah. and and baffled by the idea of marriage and you know it, it it didn't seem like he got it or wanted to get it
0: huh, it just all happened.
1: It happened, and then he'd yeah. go back to Southie yeah. and work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah he just he, felt.
0: I had a second life out in the suburbs.
1: Yeah, for for years, I was like, do I have a <laughs> sister or brother? I don't know. I don't. Maybe I still do. But, Is he um, still around, you dad? Yeah, he's still around. He's still around. And you
0: guys get on all right?
1: We get on all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's there's there's you know.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, you go through periods.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. they get
0: really old. If you're lucky, and yeah. then you kind of got to go suck it up and deal with them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but but yeah, I just so growing up, you know, it was it it was a lot of me alone watching TV. So you did that?
0: Were you? you Yeah. So you're kind of the latchkey, watched a comedy person,
1: watched a lot of TV. Also, just like leaned, I think the lack of kind of structure that way made me lean super hard into like achievement and school, and just became like hyper focused on that stuff.
0: Oh yeah, but were you like a comedy person? I was uh,
1: I was I wasn't doing comedy but No, but when
0: you were a kid, were you watching it?
1: I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I was watching like Nick at Night, Mary Tyler Moore show was like my thing. Really? That was was the thing. I was obsessed. Yeah. I was that that was a huge influence on me. So I was watching a ton of comedy. And then when I got to New York when I went to NYU, I started discovering more like watching stand ups I loved and watching, you know, doing U C B and stuff.
2: So
0: wait so when you graduate you went to high school and you didn't do anything there. You didn't do any performing. Or I didn't
1: anything? do any performing or comedy there. I, I like wrote. I was an editor for like the school newspaper, and I like wrote breaking col- the
0: big stories.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of the Woodward and Bernstein of Milton High School. No, I, I was doing like a like looking back. They were humor columns. Yeah, if we I'm using quotes around humor.
0: But so you did. But looking yeah. back, like you don't remember in the in the moment writing things that were supposed to be funny
1: i don't think so no like is that <laughs> is that weird like i don't think i knew at the time yeah. that i liked comedy or that i was trying to that, do comedy that, it was, that just, was your angle yeah exactly yeah um but yeah that was kind of what I, I i wrote for the paper things like that that was the closest i got to any sort of comedy in high school and
0: you like like you've created this picture for me that uh do you, you had friends and stuff yeah yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the home life seemed a little dark.
1: The, the home life is a little dark. The the I had wonderful best friends who who were really like surrogate family to me. Who are still you know some of my closest friends. Some they're still my best friends. Oh yeah. Uh, and but but yeah. The the it was an interesting kind of there was this like home life thing happening and there were no one really got what was going on with it and it was a very like I think I also used humor in that way sure. very common thing kids do of like no no no, pay attention to this I'll be funny or I'll do this yeah. as to distract from what's going on were you afraid here. to bring people home yes I, w- I wasn't allowed to bring people home by who by my mom
0: oh yeah was that a germ thing or part of the agoraphobia it was a it was or?
1: a it was, she was so hyper, it was agoraphobia, but she was so hyper focused on um, appearances. Yeah. She was very, a big part of how her agoraphobia developed over the years was she was super, she would spend hours like putting on makeup and oh. like caring a lot about appearance. And so it was very tied to like, oh, the house, it's about how the house looks oh, and wow. things have to look so right. Had, it sounds
0: like OCD too, huh? I think
1: some OCD. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was very... But then there was also, you know, there were, they, my parents, they got into fights where like the cops would come. And so it was, it was
0: no booze, just weirdness.
1: There was uh, there was booze, yeah, 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 and so that was also part of it. Of and like the neighbors
0: would call, or? exactly, uh, yeah. That's
1: the worst. And then you know your neighbors who were kids at school with you, and so it was it was kind of it created this need in me to deflect, you know, go like no no, no look at me being funny or yeah, look yeah, at me yeah. doing well in school, look at me doing sports, sure. something like that. Just
0: kind of get into the control your life mode. Exactly. Chaos. Yeah,
1: chaos. Yeah, chaos. I think. Kind of from talking to people who grew up in similar yeah. things, like you either go towards more chaos or you, or you go, go hyper opposite right. control. And I went very yeah, much so it's towards
2: like booze. control.
0: Guys, you know, people who grew up in boozy, crazy homes. Yeah. Either they go boozy or
1: they yeah, like, exactly. never touch
0: the shit. Right. Oh. Exactly. Well, whatever, uh, uh, whatever, something picked the right one. <laughs> <laughs> you got lucky. Uh, you know, who knows how that can go.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I mean, it's a. It's a more inward turmoil. I think the I, control route. Then. I guess that's
0: true. I guess like yeah, if you don't need the attention, you know, or you don't seek it, like, yeah. in that way of like, oh,
1: I'm crazy. Right, right, yeah. right. It's yeah.
0: So you went. To, you got into NYU. And that's got into
1: a- NYU. Yeah, I want. I really wanted to go to New York. My dad had taken me to New York, and we had spent some. Like a weekend there, and did I, you know
0: you wanted to uh, study theater or art or whatever? I
1: knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to write. I, yeah. I was when I got there. I was thinking maybe more journalism. Oh really? Yeah, and I I did a few journalism classes uh, the first like not funny year, bored out of my skull, so boring. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. and and so then. I also was had loved television and so started taking film and TV classes and that's sort of just where to check, I...
0: Just to see? Just to yeah, see how it felt? Yeah, just to see
1: and that felt much more correct
0: how did that start like what are those classes like at at nyu when you like you when you're just like oh i'm gonna take a film and tv class
1: there i mean some of it is like theory just like watching films and talking about them and then and then you get into the more like doing short film making short films with other people in the class happens pretty quickly it happens the second year of the program that you're making like short films
0: so you were able to see like Pretty quickly, that like, oh, this is how this stuff is made.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it does throw you in to it pretty quickly, of like, okay, go make a thing and go screen it for the class and get feedback things? on it. I did, yeah. I, I learned. It also was Are a learning hilarious. <laughs> They're really good. I've been asking my agents to <laughs> get them out, find there. a platform. Yeah. yeah, I know. I
0: just want an Emmy, but could you get that short out <laughs> that I did in my year? Yeah, that I shot in Washington Square Park with stop action. Yeah,
1: no, but they were. It was instructive. I remember. I mean, God, if I watched them now, I would be horrified, <laughs> of course. But I do remember, like, you had to make like three or four short films, like. For it was a class called Sight and Sound. Yeah, yeah. And you had to make four films, and I did like three that were like funny, supposed to be funny, and then uh, the fourth one. I remember the teacher said, "Why don't you challenge yourself and do something that's more dramatic, not comedy?" And I was like, "Sure." And I did it, and it was something where this couple was, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember exactly, yeah. but, but he they're like playfully flirting in the street, and then his hat gets tossed, and he goes into the street to get his hat, and he gets hit by a car. Wow. You and might... the whole class burst out into laughter, because <laughs> it was just, I think maybe they were like, she makes the funny things. This is hilarious. Or, or uh, maybe it's objectively so funny, because it's so insane. Yeah. Um,
0: but that's so funny. That was your idea when you said to be more ex- dramatic. Exactly. Like- Exactly. no problem
1: no. <laughs> you want drama <laughs> he dies going to get his hat yeah. and just
0: leaves her standing there exactly she sees was, the whole thing it was
1: so bad it was so bad but it did make me go like I guess I'll just lean into this other <laughs> but I,
0: it's so funny that people would assume like that a teacher would like comedy's the hard thing
1: yeah you yeah, know,
0: drama. Like, I mean, it's it's. Not I don't that know.
1: A- that drama was hard for me. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I came up with yeah, the guy with running that. in the sure, street. Sure, but I mean,
0: I I guess it, I, it just seems like a. There's a lot more options. Yeah. <laughs> with drama. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that comedy, you gotta be, it's, you gotta, it's gotta be funny.
1: Yeah, I do think that sometimes when we're when I'm writing, you know, the, there is this natural barometer of like, okay, is this scene funny? Yeah. And I do sometimes wonder if you're writing a drama. I guess it's just, is this scene interesting? Is yeah, this we, you're,
0: if you're like, can we take this joke out? It's like, <laughs> that's not reading right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, I don't know if it's the opposite, but yeah, things gotta, they gotta uh, um, land differently.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah,
0: but you yeah, but there's a lot of drama, at least in Hackers.
1: Yeah, no, there, there is, there is.
0: So, where does that take you? Where does NYU like? Where do you land? Who were like who like in these movies? There, were there any people in your class that we know? Actors? I always like hearing when they're oh yeah actors in 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 short films were sort of like um, yeah John Turturro did my short film. <laughs>
1: my short. <laughs> no, no one that was like in my shorts. I was oh. the same year as some some like uh like the Olsen twins and Lady Gaga were my year. Really? Yes. Yeah, Did so you know
0: Lady Gaga?
1: I I hung out with her a couple times. We were like in the we had we had a friend in common yeah. and and so we were in the same like circle. So I've been at the same like What's hangout her as her uh Stephanie Germanata Yeah. Uh, but never really had like one-on-one interaction, and I'm going to assume she doesn't know
0: that I mean, you hung out with her. I'm
1: going to assume. But what that, was she yeah. doing there? She was singing. She was singing. Yeah. Do she you was remember seeing her? Uh,
0: did you um, see her singing? I
1: remember her performing at the Bitter End. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Because uh, the, the the our connection was this guy Alex, who was a friend or like friendly with the group of guys I was hanging with, and he was her uh, either drummer or guitarist mm-hmm. in that band. Yeah.
0: Oh, in college. In
1: college, now, yeah.
0: Like, were Because she's kind of amazing, right?
1: She's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, did you when you go to see her in college? Did you yeah. know? Did you sense? That? You
1: were like, there's something incredibly special about this person. Really? Like, okay. you, you do just, you know, you, sometimes there's people you're like, oh, I didn't realize they were gonna be something, but the, but she, that her voice alone, it's hard to not. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's something incredibly
0: it's so funny. special here. In yeah. comedy, it's always sort of like, that guy? <laughs> you never.
1: never. That is true. Rarely
0: that... do you see the gift.
1: Right. But do it's... you think that's because we are comedians, so we're bringing something else to it? Or do you. Because like, I can look at a musician and have that feeling yeah, with no attachment sure. to it, but I or wonder if.
0: Even an actor, in right. a way. Yeah. No, because comedy, you know, comedians have to. Some guys get funny. I mean, you got to figure it out for yourself. I mean, a lot of right. times, like first five years you're kind of this unformed thing as yeah. a stand up and you're kind of doing like your version of somebody else or a number of people Or, mm-hmm. but it takes a while for people to kind of like step into themselves yeah because I think not unlike music only you know it's a different skill you know you gotta it takes a while to become who you are
1: right to have right. a voice yeah yeah. Whereas and, an
0: actor, you know, you just got to be whatever that is.
1: Right, you have to be present with <laughs> yeah. what you're given yeah, yeah, for a script. Yeah, and you're also, I, I've always been very struck by that thing. People say that, that when you first start out, you're kind of just imitating the people who you love sure. and, and admire. And it does, it Inadvertently, a in a way. Yeah, inadvertently, and then you have to kind of lock into your own voice. Oh, yeah,
0: when I was coming up, there was about a dozen Dave Attells around, and then there was... <laughs> There's like there was a handful of headbergs. It just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. You saw certain people who had distinct voices. Yeah. You know ripple through the newbies. Right. I have right. no idea what's going on out there now. All I know is there's <laughs> a lot of them, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure that they're all funny.
1: Right. Do you do you try to keep up with it or you... I can't. I mean, I
0: go like I go work. I mean, I work at the right. comedy store. You know, every, yeah. most of the nights I'm home. Yeah. So if people are coming through there, I see right. them. But I'm not going to Mike's. Uh-huh, and I'm not right. to, you know, <laughs> to yeah. see uh, who the comers are, you know?
1: Sure, sure.
0: And I, I'm always, I, and I guess I could watch more, special, more specials. I don't, and I tend to be yeah. a, a bit of a cranky old guy.
1: I get that. When it, you know, I'll mm-hmm. watch five
0: minutes and be like, nah, not mm-hmm. gonna, can't right. do it. Right. Not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your uh, first gig coming out of there? How, what did it set you up to do? So...
1: So we, so I, yeah, I went to NYU, did film and TV, and then I, uh, uh, when I graduated, I had been an intern at the Onion. Um, you know, what the,
0: version of that? Who was there? Who was running the place? So
1: it was Was Hanson still there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, T- wait, Todd Hanson? Yeah. right? yeah, yeah. Um, so I was an intern, not for the paper, even though I ended up writing headlines for the paper. But I was an intern for their like web video department. Um, so
0: that relatively new department when you were there?
1: Yeah, it was pretty new that yeah. they were bought by someone who said like, oh, you should start doing web videos. Oh, so
0: that must have been right when they were bought.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So I was an intern there and met some people there. And so my my first year out of NYU, I was like, I worked at a coffee shop.
0: Where? What uh, one?
1: Gray Dog Coffee.
0: Oh, yeah? Where's yeah. that? Down on?
1: It's in a bunch of, when I was there, they had like three locations. There was Is there one in Soho? One, yeah. There was yeah. one in Soho. There was one in Think the I West Village. It. It's still there, right? Yeah, they have a they have a few. They're still yeah. there. I haven't been in forever. But uh, there was one in University Place uh, by Union Square. There was one in West Village, one in Chelsea, one in Soho.
0: How's the Onion work? How did that work over there?
1: So it was, it was- In terms of writing. Yeah. It was, for me as a- I don't know exactly how it worked with the editorial, like people oh. who were on staff. But yeah. I was a freelance headline writer, which meant every week you would send in like, I don't know, twenty five. So they're almost like just
0: writing jokes.
1: Yeah, just so, writing jokes. And
0: someone else would fill in the text?
1: Yes. The I think the I think the actual staff writers were the ones writing the stories, whereas freelance writers like myself were just sending in headlines.
0: Oh, so that's where it starts. It can all start with the headline, then you just exactly. fill it in.
1: Exactly. And I'm sure those writers were pitching like, oh, this is the headline and the full piece, but but for me it was just headlines you would huh. send in every week and then you would you know, get it sent back to you of what they chose or didn't.
0: That's exciting.
1: It was because I was a, I was a huge onion fan, like as a NYU kid, and so it it was very exciting when
0: they had the boxes all over New York and yeah. you could just go get a yeah. free onion. I it know. was pretty funny. It, huh? was re- it
1: was very funny. Very, and very funny. What was
0: the video trip?
1: So then the video trip was they hired um, this guy Will Graham, yeah, uh, to run their web videos, and it was basically the kind of the same, you know, humor and and brand of. Of The Onion, but done with, you know, under the guise of a news network, a news network. Uh, Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we were going for. I kind of remember that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I miss everything, though.
1: I know, yeah. And so, basically, I did that. I was an intern there. I worked at a coffee shop for like a year. I I was doing a bunch of comedy in different ways. I was doing improv and sketch and even trying stand-up, which I was very bad at.
0: Where, where were you doing the improv and sketch? Uh, UCB. Taking classes?
1: Taking classes at UCB. With who? Doing, oh, man. I'm trying to think of, uh, Bobby Moynihan was my oh, yeah. my first teacher. Oh, really? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful guy. Um, Shannon O'Neill. Yeah. Um, but taking classes and then doing like a
0: at the old one, the theater that used to be the, exactly oh, the yeah. theater
1: in Chelsea, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. going there a ton, like the dirty theater, it used to be a dirty, dirty under the grocery store, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but seeing a ton of comedy there, just like so, so much improv. Who was that at it then?
0: Who were the big names? The who big names. Who surfaced out of that period?
1: <laughs> well, the- Was the, it the
0: Krolls and the and the Kroll, Aziz? And, yeah,
1: Kroll, Aziz. Uh, yeah. Jezelnik, I remember seeing a bunch. They had like doing a- stand-up? Yeah, doing stand-up. They had a Monday night show called Whiplash, where I remember sure, seeing- Sure, Whiplash Jez- is
0: still around. Is Whiplash still around? I think it might still be yeah. around,
2: yeah.
1: Um, I would go every Monday. I saw Mulaney, I think. Sure, um, yeah. Mer- like- but the, the you know I was such a huge Amy Poehler fan, so uh-huh. it, was, it being her theater and the chance to like go on Sunday night for ASCAT and see like her. Did you see her? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Tina and oh, yeah. like those people were like that was to me the, so what the year's coolest that? thing. I mean, gosh, two thousand seven. I I was in college two thousand four to the, to two thousand eight.
0: Okay, all right. And the stand-up thing you didn't take?
1: God, no. <laughs> it's so hard, <laughs> You man. tried, huh? It's so hard. I give you a lot of credit. You, it give, is... you gave it a whirl? Gave it a whirl. It just wasn't... It's so it was so lonely to me. Yeah. I really like collaborating. I really like working with other It's a healthier people. thing
0: and I think uh, your your longevity and your odds are better when you collaborate as opposed guess, to just be yeah. a stubborn idiot who <laughs> goes by goes it alone. <laughs> it, you know, it definitely limits your possibilities. Yeah.
1: But I, I you know, it's also like some of my favorite comedians like are stand-ups and I and I what they do is so special and important. So I I I commend the art form. It is just not for me because it's yeah. too hard.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess, hey, what was it hard for you it, exactly? Because like, you you probably could write jokes, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was writing. It was very, like, one line. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just figuring out how who's delivering them.
1: Yeah, I think what it was, and I really didn't even give it that much of a try. I think, like, I don't know. I think the level to probably what it is is, like, we're all working out our sure. our shit through very every yeah. part of our life, and like I think, growing up the way I did, I was looking more for structure and and family and oh, people right. that way. That makes sense. And so even though I do think there is a stand-up community and, uh, you know...
0: It's forced upon us.
1: <laughs> a reluctant stand-up <laughs> yeah, community. Like, I really think what I needed more than anything was people, this surrogate kind of family, people sure. around me to collaborate yeah. with and feel like I was part of a unit that way. As because opposed to
0: competing. I
1: think, yeah, because I think I had felt on my own for a long time. Yeah,
0: I imagine. Well, yeah. only kid thing is kind of... I, mean, I always... I always make assumptions about only kids, and I'm always wrong. Like, <laughs>
1: the, the like, they're selfish, they don't know how to No, share. no, my
0: my thing is, like, you know, we're, it was always sort of, like, were your parents more worried because there was not another one? Right. And, and none of them have really said yes. Yeah. Yeah, I no. don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't think, that, it yeah. wasn't my experience. Because that would sure. be my
0: thoughts. like, you're it. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. Know, don't die. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: If there's three, I can lose one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no. you
0: did that? Did the Onion? Then you move on. When do you start doing TV stuff? So
1: I, I, I did the Onion. I uh, they I was an intern, and then they hired me to be an assistant when they there were two very short-lived shows: one on IFC and one on Comedy Central. That the Onion, Onion did. Onion News Network was the IFC one, yeah. and Onion Sports Dome was on Comedy Central, and I was the writer's assistant for that.
0: So you're in the room typing. In the room, uh, typing, to, type, listening to a bunch of men make jokes.
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> hey. Actually, they were. I gotta say, all like all the Onion sports Zone writers were very. They like they were all men. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but they were very sweet, oh, um, well-behaved men. Yeah. But um, so yeah, did that, and then kind of had an interesting thing happen where you know then this becomes like 2010, 2011, and. Twitter becomes a place where people are writing jokes, just yeah. like little one-liner things, sure. which I was pretty used to doing from, you know, doing Onion Headlines. And... This is
0: 2010?
1: This is 2010,
0: to, yeah. So Twitter's been like two years or...
1: Yeah, you know, I, I guess. Just starting I, to take 2008, off? 2009, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It, but it was that time when like like Rob Delaney, for example, sure. was like, was you know, was yeah, hitting yeah. huge because... Doing his weird... Yeah, doing yeah. his Twitter jokes. And so... Uh, And so I started doing that and getting a little bit of attention that way. And when The Onion ended, like when those seasons were up, I said, like, I think it's time to move to LA. Like, I want to be a TV writer. It feels like, even though I love New York, I've been here a while, it feels like I have a better chance of becoming a TV writer out in LA. Yeah. Uh, And so I moved to LA in January of 2011. And uh, in, I think, February no March. Yeah. I get a DM from Eighty Miles, the head writer yeah, of Late sure. Night with Jimmy Fallon at the time, saying, Hey, I like you on Twitter, do you want to submit a packet or whatever? I did. I got the job. Go back, I go back to New York. I go back to New York three months <laughs> later from when I packed up
0: Eighty Miles. So it was at the beginning of the uh It was pretty close uh, to Thallon the Fallon be- run. Yeah,
1: it was pretty close to the beginning. It was like two 2000- thousand I think Fallon took over in like 2009, uh-huh. this was 2000, so it was like two years into the run.
0: Wow, who's in the writer's room?
1: Um, at the time, it was, I'm trying to think of who you would know, this guy Jeremy Bronson was the head monologue writer, yeah. uh, Justin Shanes, a very yeah. dear good friend of mine to this day, uh, Eric Legend,
0: huh.
1: Amy Ozels, Patrick Borelli. I know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's Bre- a Boston guy. Boston guy. Yeah. yeah. I love Burley.
0: But so you're on the Monologue crew?
1: So what happened was as I was hi- they were looking for sketch writers and I was hired as a sketch writer um and it's pretty quickly realized I was horrible at sketch writing. Really? Yeah. Like not horrible, just like like my- what,
0: goofy desk pieces. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. Just yeah. like
1: games, yeah, goofy yeah. desk pieces. Like it just wasn't my thing, my thing was, I kept getting reoriented back to like joke writing, you know? And so what it was, was as a sketch writer, you were, you were welcome to submit monologue jokes. And so I I did that. And then I started getting enough on that they were like, well, either I got enough on or I got enough not on on the sketch side (laughs) that they were like, do you want to switch over and become a monologue writer?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And so, yeah, I did. So that
0: was it. The first big writing job.
1: That was the first big writing job, yeah, late night.
0: And how long do you stay there?
1: I was there from April 2011 to February 2013, so like a little under two years. That's
0: very specific joke writing.
1: Very specific I mean, monologue joke writing, especially. And now you're so the specific.
0: Uh, like the co-creator of this big, you know, comedy, you know, show. That's about a life. I mean, how how do you make the jump? What's the next step in the evolution from just writing one liners for Fallon mm-hmm. to you know, brought, I, where do you go next?
1: So That's, I,
0: I guess my question is, at some point, someone taught you.
1: Something, yeah, yeah, right. Or, um, the, or
0: the experience did.
1: I think what it was is like I was, I was you know. The late night experience was great because yeah. it taught, you know, it's like joke writing boot camp in a way you have sure. to write so many every day. But it was also like extremely uh, exhausting and-, and limited
0: too in a way. I yeah, yeah, have,
1: yeah. Yeah. You have, you know, yeah. you're writing jokes about the news yeah. that day and that's all you're, you're doing. And so I knew that I wanted to write more about characters and people. And so I left and pretty quickly after I got hired, my fir- my first narrative job was a show called hello ladies which you probably wouldn't remember but it was Stephen merchant's show oh, on yeah. hbo what was it
0: like one season thing it was just one season yeah yeah, yeah. i remember um, yeah
1: but that was wonderful because i'm a huge Stephen merchant fan uh-huh. and, and got to gotta
0: be a sweet boss so
1: sweet was really, fallon
0: already he's sweet too right really sweet yeah. really sweet guy yeah. i like going on fallon it's weird because yeah. he got so much flack at, at first for being so goofy and childlike I know, but it's I like, know but he's a genuine audience. Yeah. Like when you go out there, all he's, he's just sort of like, are you going to do it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like I could see if, the truth is, is like yeah. that is Jimmy. He's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's a big kid in that way and yeah. so it's like that, it's he, authentic to who he is.
2: He likes
0: when you do it. Yeah, like he, he, he's like yeah, yeah. like ready to laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, um, oh, so Hello Ladies. Hello so.
1: Ladies. So that was a kind of shorter job but lucky to learn a lot from him. R- was that
0: where, you, what, did you did you write a script?
1: There? I didn't write a script there. It was, it was a quick job and I was just a staff writer so like okay. lois on the totem pole right. so didn't get a script but the place that then i did learn um pretty much everything about how to write tv comedy narrative is from mike Schur on um parks and rec i went to parks and rec and i worked there for the last two seasons huh. and then i worked on the good place mike Schur's next show for all four seasons so of he, that
0: oh um, so he liked you
1: i guess yeah
0: <laughs> so parks and rec well that's a big one
1: yeah, yeah, it was... And you're
0: working with Polar?
1: Yeah, Polar, who, yeah, was a massive... I was very... I have never been more nervous to do anything in my life than start that show, because it was It was in the sixth season, and it was my favorite show. Is that the, was, How many were there? There were seven, okay. so I was on for the last two. Got it, um, got it,
2: right, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: Mike Scher was... One of my favorite writers. Yeah. I was a massive Harris Whittles fan. He was in yeah. the room. Joe Mandy. Like this writers' room was stacked with people. I was massive fans of. The cast was stacked with people. Is that where I was you met Mandy? Yeah, that's where I met Mandy.
0: And do you give him this job he's got
1: now? <laughs> he, I was lucky that Mandy came aboard Hacks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I I learned so much about writing TV from from Mike and from that room and, and the good place and and yeah.
0: So those were the, where you wrote your first episodes?
1: That's where I wrote my first episode, yeah.
0: So you'd break them in the room, then go out and write them?
1: Break them in the room and go out and write them, yeah.
0: And come back and break them again?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully not, right? Hopefully right. only... Maybe a couple tweaks. Only some dialogue tweaks yeah, and yeah. changes. But you never... Yeah, sometimes it's a full rebreak.
0: And what was... Um, when did you do the, uh, the Broad City stuff?
1: So in my time uh, at UCB the uh, at in a sketch group at UCB yeah. I, I was in a sketch group with Lucia and yellow who became obviously my co-collaborator and and best wow friend to so this you go day.
0: for that far back
1: that far back Yeah. At 2007 we at were UCB. In a, yeah yeah it's like it was an offshoot of UCB it was some UCB people who were yeah. doing stuff on the side and I met her doing that yeah. and then I met Paul Downs through her and so because 2000 what? 2007 2008 Really? Yeah, yeah. So we've known each other a very long time. Wow! And I was kind of just instantly—they were the funniest people in the world to me, and I just wanted to stay in their orbit. So throughout this whole career, you know, Onion and Fallon and that, like, they've been—you know—two of my best friends, and we always stayed in in touch. But also, like, you know, they—they, I would sometimes like do. You know, punch up on Paul's like uh sketch specials uh-huh. or or, you know, and then and then, yes, we worked more closely together on Broad City, which I did in between seasons of Parks and Rec. That was my first time doing Broad City was in between season six and Paul seven. was on there, yep. Paul's on there. Yeah.
0: did he act on that too?
1: He did. yeah. I remember. yeah, he plays he plays trey, the um the gym gym trainer right, Jim
0: right o. right. yeah, 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 yeah. And then yep. what about with the uh, one and Maria? when were you working with
2: Maria?
1: Oh, Maria Bamford, yeah. who, my favorite, my favorite. My figured, yeah. Uh we, So after Parks and Rec ended, uh, my in-between Parks and Rec and Good Place, the yeah. show that I worked on was Lady Dynamite for Netflix. Now,
0: how was that as a, an experience? Because, you know, Maria has a specific thing that is specifically Maria. Yeah. And Hurwitz, is that who? That was, yeah, Mitch Hurwitz. Mitch yeah. Hurwitz, also uh, a kind of a, an out there guy who got yeah. willing to take risks. Yeah. So, like... I mean, Broad City was was interesting and good and new, but Parks and Rec and The Good Place were pretty established you know, yeah. shows. Yeah. But imagine walking into Lady Dynamite, it was like going into orbit somehow. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Well, I think what it is is like it was kind of this very lovely meeting of minds and that Maria is such a genius, unique brain. Yeah. Mitch is also that, but Mitch is so also, you know, Arrested Development is incredible and he's so good at story and structure sure. so like he is is has that and then also Pam Brady um, was the showrunner who someone who you know done a ton worked on South Park Forever very established like person who knows how to make yeah, television yeah. And, movie. and so it was a really good collaborative process in that way because I think you know like you're saying Maria's It's not you don't naturally see Maria's stand up as amazing as it is and go, oh, here's how that could be a narrative television show. Um, But I think that it's indicative of what I really love about television is that it was just a collaborative process. It was it wasn't just Maria going, here's what I want to do. And let's can you write that up for me? Thanks. Bye. It was very all three of their brains at the top of the show and then the writers room working to figure it out.
0: That's amazing, yeah. Because like, it, how do there was what three seasons?
1: Um, two seasons? Two seasons. I did the first season, and then I had to. I left for Good Place, but yeah, I did the first season.
0: And Good Place that was must have been a fun crew.
1: It was very fun. I
0: like Kristen a lot.
1: Kristen's great. Love Kristen. One and of my Ted's
0: wild too.
1: <laughs> really good. Ted is <laughs> Ted is an incredible actor because you you know he he could be an asshole like his pedigree suggests. Like hey, maybe he'll be a jerk, but hey, he's earned it, and he is. The nicest, kindest. Also so like, hey, did I get that right? Yeah. So open to real hearing. Real actor. Yeah, real actor. Like I, really lovely. When was the last
0: time you watched Body Heat?
1: Oh my gosh, a long time. It's
0: crazy to see him in I that. I
1: bet. I bet. This
0: weird dancing DA. I he's know. always dancing around. <laughs> I just he's wonder whose so, choice that was. I think I, I must have asked him when I, I talked know. to
1: him. I know. He's so, he's incredible. He is such a obvious on-screen person is amazing but like uh, off-screen too so wonderful to work with and yeah that was that was it was another thing where you know the the lovely thing about my career is like all these people that I've came up with like my best friend Darcy Cardin was also in the cast of that show and so I got to work with her for 4 years like it's all these people that I met at UCB or through offshoots of UCB that were all kind of now working together thats it works
0: that's see that's the difference between sketch and stand-up
1: yeah (laughs) well you must see i mean you see
0: yeah yeah. well i know the guys you know sure like you know but they're still doing stand-up sure some of them build shows and whatnot but 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 in terms of of coming up around sketch and improv is that you do kind of meet a a variety of people doing different things Mm -hmm. you know acting and writing and everybody sort of you know, engaged in that. You know, yeah. It's not just this sort of like, you know, I only do me.
1: Exactly. All, yeah. It all has
0: to come through me. Right. And then, exactly.
1: You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of available and kind of looking for stuff. Right. You know? Right. But so how does, when do you start, whose concept is hacks? What? How does that unfold? So, yeah. Because so- I like the show and I shouldn't. <laughs> I, you, you know, when I when I first turned it on, I'm like, let's see if they get the comedy yeah, thing right. Yeah,
1: well, I have to say, it is a tremendous compliment that you like it because when we started making the show, all we, you
0: were saying was like, "Will Mark Maron like
1: will Mark it? Maron like this?" Yeah, that was we put it on the top of <laughs> the, the whiteboard. Board. Yeah, <laughs> make sure Maron likes. But it. we were like, "Will stand-ups tear this apart?" Like we we were very. Uh, like, wanted to be deferential to this form. Well, how
0: does it start, though? How do you come up with this thing? Wh- whose concept?
1: So, basically, Paul Lucci and I had worked together on a bunch of stuff, yeah. kept working together, yeah. best friends, traveled together, all that. And right. so, on a, we were. Paul was shooting a special for Netflix, uh, a, a, a sketch special called "The Characters," and this was in. I remember, yeah, yeah. This was in twenty fifteen. Okay. And he, Lucia, was directing some and writing, you know, writing it with him. And yeah. I, they asked me to come along just for like punch up, and you know, uh-huh. that's kind of what we do. We we, I, I trick them into letting me collaborate with them on everything, right? And uh, and so we drive up to. He was performing at a monster truck rally in portland maine they he has a he has a character called jasper cooch okay and jasper cooch was going to uh kind of emcee for the show for for the sketch yeah emcee this monster truck rally uh and we're driving up to maine and we're just kind of talking about we're talking about female stand-ups particularly that like we kind of felt me you know there was just a they're talked about in a different light. They're not...
0: There's fewer of them.
1: There's fewer of them because it was a markedly harder path for them to get famous um, and known. And we just start talking about kind of women like that. And then also kind of talking about this thing that happens about like comedy and cool comedy and comedy that people look down on. You know, this idea of like, why is some comedy, you know, why is someone like... For example, Kathy Griffin, who's so funny and so accomplished, but like maybe, you know, I someone would look down on what she's done as not as like cool as other comedy. It well,
0: used to be that way with Robin Williams. Yeah. And that's why I interviewed Robin Williams because I got you know whether I was a huge fan of Robin or not he's still Robin Williams. Exactly. And to hear these young idiots sort of like <laughs> Ugh, Robin Williams what a heck. I'm like do you even know what you're fucking saying.
1: Yeah. The guy
0: did everything you want to do and right. more and you're going to be like. Neh.
1: Exactly. And so we kind of like felt it was a very fertile ground not to just make a show about stand-up because that had been done and and you know but make... had it
0: well no <laughs> well, Like what what are you thinking
1: uh, what
0: was, what was Seinfeld but that's not really even a yeah, show about Seinfeld,
1: stand-up. or I don't I don't know it just felt like I guess the point is like when you pitch a show you can't just say it's about a stand-up it's yeah, yeah. like the thing that was the meat of it that really kind of got us talking and we felt energized by was this idea of this clash between older and younger generation yeah. about a lot of things. But right. when it comes to comedy, like what is cool? What is not? Why do why does someone who stands on the shoulder of this person then say like, eh, but what they did is hacky and not good?
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. That's just insecurity and jealousy.
1: Usually. Sure. <laughs> usually yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So then, you know, we we just start talking about that idea and it kind of stuck in our, you know, I don't know if you have this with ideas or ideas for stand-up, but like the things, like you have an idea and then sometimes it just drifts away and you never think about it again. Yeah. You don't do it. But this one kind of like kept coming around. We kept having little, we had like an email chain where we would just email each other like, oh, this could be an episode or this could be a joke.
0: I, but I, I thought that the, the, the idea to set it, the reason why I took to it is because you took a very specific stand-up career and, and it's one that's, that's it's almost singular. That's It doesn't, it's not the grind, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's the sort of the putting out to passion. It's the it's where a certain type of performer ends up in yeah. Vegas. Right. So like that's a, a very uh, specialized life.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And 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 it it enabled you to avoid a lot of the problems that could happen with with care, with a stand up life.
1: Right. Doing it like a strictly showbiz in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah.
0: Because because I think getting that thing right, you know, this sort of indulgence and uh, comfort. Of having uh uh like uh what do you call it a residency yeah that goes on right. forever because yes. there are a few guys that have that
2: yeah
1: that'll... but it's
0: not that many
1: no 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 yeah
0: so so I thought that was like you you kind of insulated yourself in a world and, yeah and were able to explore it without me going like they don't fucking get coming you know
1: <laughs> right well I'm glad I, to hear that yeah and I mean I
0: knew people like you know, I knew some of the women you know back in the day like Brett Butler for mm-hmm. some reason. Stands out in my mind. Yeah, that that could have been where she ended up. You know, like that, and and the whole backstory I thought was kind of genius too. Because I know Caroline Ray very well. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were definitely women of a certain generation. Caroline's not as old as Jean, obviously, but um, but where it seemed plausible to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also the thing of in our show, Deborah Jean Smart's character, like she goes out there. She's proud of what she's built out there, but it's also a little bit of a a, sh- a being shunned by the L.A. New York machine and world, and kind of insulating yourself in that Vegas world. And I don't—I've never spoken to a comic who has a residency, residency there. I don't know how they would feel, but it's interesting to ask yourself because, as far as Deborah, she does have a chip on her shoulder about kind of not being accepted because by, of-
0: her husband and exactly. what happened to the exactly. talk show. Well, I mean, I think a lot of those people that get that they're actually tr- true comics. Yeah, is what the issue is. Right. It's not so much that they failed, but it's just like you know they started out as comics. They probably had several shots right. to do other things, and they ended up as comics. Yeah, and then they just go do that thing. Right, That's, that is the a career of a comic.
1: Right, which is of a certain type. Yeah, which it's like it's almost strange that that isn't seen in and of itself as a massive accomplishment. You know, like it's this need to like ask comics to do other things is interesting. Like, I'm curious how you feel like, are you like, I am a comic through and that is like, that is the thing I want to do at the end of the day and and acting and all the other stuff is kind of,
0: yeah, as time goes on, that's sort of, it, that's true. I mean, that's what I set out to do, and at my core, I am that. Yeah. But I'm definitely not, the, I don't even want to play a casino, so I'm not that kind of comic.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, I don't want to. I, Why I don't, don't you want to? I'm because curious. I don't I don't feel like my audience, they'd rather not go there.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So,
0: you know, I, I mean, I know my audience. Right. It's not huge, but it's good. Yeah. And, you know, if I don't have to drag them to the casino they'll, yeah, they'll well, be happier. Yeah, I mean yeah. I could, you know, I could do a little theater, I could do right. a club yeah. where they'd feel more comfortable as opposed to being sucked into that world.
1: Right. right. I don't
0: love that world, but I get yeah. it, I get that show business. Right. right. But uh but in terms of like, you know, you got George Wallace, you got uh Brad Garrett, yeah. Yeah. you got who, who else do I know? Like well Joan Rivers had these yeah, some yeah. of them had runs forever. Yeah. Well, Carrot Top's been out there for uh, decades been a
1: really long time, yeah. Yeah.
0: So for me, uh, I mean, the question is, I see myself as a comic, but I I guess your question is like, you never understood how these comics are like, what what happens exactly? There was a whole model in place Mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the big goal was to get a show built around your character.
1: On TV, yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, once that didn't work out, right? Then the only other option is, well, you can host something,
1: right? Right.
0: So either you're going to be the center of a show, or you're going to host something, or you're mm-hmm. going to be like a side player,
1: right? I guess that's sort of the thing that I have like an aversion to is like the, um, and again, this is just show business how it works, and money is probably the answer just to these things. But like, why is this this? Um, why is there this like? never-ending like well but what else what else do you want to do even now having a show which i'm very proud of people will say like well are you gonna do another show like what's what's are you gonna have like a bunch of show? you're gonna produce a bunch of shit you know yeah. like there's this it's never enough and so it's interesting that as a, a super successful comic
0: who's asking that though if that's the industry <laughs> asking that it's well it's not that it's never enough they're just sort of like they want to get a jump on it
1: maybe but- maybe yeah
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you're developing anything? you working on anything? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you're the the symbiotic thing that or it, maybe it's not symbiotic what however the dynamic is between you know agents you know yeah. managers networks right and and in in development yeah i mean it's never just sort of like we're just curious uh you know as a friend you know <laughs> yeah. like what are you working on, yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: no no that well that's what i mean i guess the answer in the end of the day is money <laughs> yeah well i mean it's also
0: keeping the ball rolling they get they get invested you know yeah. once you're uh, a commodity, yeah. Right. I mean, they want to run money through you.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's interesting, is like, if a comic was just like, I don't want a show based around me. I'm a, I want to do stand-up. You know, like, it's... It's. Well,
0: there are guys who have done that. I mean, you yeah. know, Hannibal Burris famously, you know, kind of quit SNL. Yeah. To, and I think Mulaney might have, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to do other things and ended up as a stand-up. And like Carlin talks about all the time, that at some point he realized, like, I can't act. Right. I'm a comic, and i got to yeah. figure out how to make this work. Right. It, you know, but I think it was the business of the 80s. Mm-hmm. It became this huge business, right? giving comics development deals to try to make, you know, make uh, their... Everybody Loves Ray or yeah. Jerry. I mean, Brett Butler got a shot, You know, Roseanne. There were all these shows. Tim Allen, they were built around that, her generation, yeah. Deborah's yeah. Uh, generation of comics. Right, yeah. And also the other thing is, what are you going to do, man? I mean, how are you going to, like... You know, there's so many comics that just fall away right. or they you, 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 how are you gonna retire? How are you gonna age out of this thing right How are you gonna save fucking money
1: right right I mean
0: to see the guys that are are, are sort of um, sentenced to the road out of mm-hmm. no choice yeah it's rough man
1: right there's not yeah the, uh, tv and movies and those opportunities the, oh. give give you more stability and security if you can way. keep
0: them going but everyone ages out of that shit so like something like that that happens with uh, the character of deborah is like a, it's a real gift i mean it, it could afford you the ability to to at least have a a a, a, a second part of your life that isn't desperate
1: right right yeah
0: you know, I'm just thinking about like that that episode in this season where she—I don't know where you're at. Have they, are they shown them all yet? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. they're all done. Yeah.
0: Where she meets a woman that you know was doing comedy with yeah. her—that was so such a real thing. Yeah. And of course, her ego was like that. I ruined it, but <laughs> but it was such a—you know—that happens, and it's always weird. It's but, always weird. But, yeah. But, but as I get older, I'm I'm always thrilled to meet somebody that has gotten out and done okay.
1: Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I, I feel that like I we we talked a lot of in the room as we wrote that episode about this feeling of when you meet when you run into someone who quit or or stopped doing it. You and think that,
0: they they must think they're a failure.
1: Yeah, it's so it's it's like so funny how like the you. Debra's with the way Deborah handled it like, oh, I'm pitying her and then realizing like, no, she's pitying me. <laughs> I'm the pathetic <laughs> one because I'm yeah. desperately doing a stand up show at 430 in the afternoon at, at, a a cow- at a state fair. Um
0: yeah, the the twisted kind of like the, this idea that we have about show business, uh, you know, about how it's like this revered thing. Yeah. And most people think we're just wasting time. <laughs> I know. They're like, what do you, do? is that even a real job? Yeah. What do you do? I know. But, but I think it speaks to our fear as well. Like how, because when I started the podcast, I was kind of washed up or not washed yet or something, mm-hmm. but it wasn't happening. Yeah. Though I was still engaged and, and had done enough. It was just sort of, how do I, take the next step and there's no how do you quit this game
1: yeah and it's 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 the same with writing yeah
0: because like it's all up to you anyways so you know either you don't realize you're done you know and it becomes sad
1: it's becomes yeah someone else tells you you're done
0: yeah and you fight that yeah there's no way your ego can you know takes a very sort of strange and humbled ego to bow out of this thing
1: yeah i know, know if it's
0: not working out
1: but it isn't like when you meet someone and they're doing great why do you think that is that it gives you a sense of relief to me cuz oh, i'll tell you what, i, know, the, what yeah. I what, know what it is when they get out yeah
2: i know what is it is
1: for me it's it's even though i'm very lucky to do what i do and yeah. i'm at a very good moment yeah. in my career it, it's the fantasy of that i could not do it and be okay
2: <laughs> Sure, I
1: think it's the fantasy of of the 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 torturous parts of the creative process being free of them I think is what it is
0: I guess for me like I don't in in my mind like I didn't have any choices like I don't know what I would have done yeah and I and, and as you get older that those even get farther away
2: yeah like whatever
0: the idea is like i could teach or you know what whatever that you know like like i'm not gonna work at a restaurant yeah yeah so like those things start to go away and then what i start to realize the reason that you know i'm glad they're doing okay is because i think there is uh uh priorities that that people choose over this kind of like need to do this creative thing right like whether they're willing to take the hit on the creative thing to have families or live in a different place or you know enjoy life, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And and if I can look at them and see that they are actually doing that, I'm like, well, good for you. Yeah. But I always look sort of like, really though. I mean, are you? <laughs> I'm the asshole. It's like you're happy though. Yeah. Huh?
1: But I mean, that. But you need. That's the like sick part of us that keep makes yeah, us yeah. keep doing it.
0: But yeah. But I like the idea that like the the other, the one who had gotten out pitied, Deborah. Yeah. 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 Because there's so many of them. And there's so, like, I don't know what happens to a lot of them. And at the comedy store, you know, you go to the comedy store and there's just this, there's eight by tens everywhere of, you know, like going back 50 or 60 years All of right. people that have come through there. And every once in a while, one will come in in real life and you'll be like, oh my
1: God. Wow. That's to the guy from the picture. To do, to do, well, a just set to see.
0: There's this moment where you're like, where have you been, man?
1: Mm hmm. And
0: they've, a lot of them find their way, you know, or right. it, it might not be great, but they're
2: all right. It's
1: also, like, I think, like, thinking about it makes me consider luck and how big of a part of that it is and, and how-
0: Everything, you know, kind of coming together. Everything the, coming together. The cosmic timing. Exactly.
1: Like, that's also what I- I used to- find it so unfair that it was such a big part of it and now I just kind of go like well it's the way the it's, world is.
0: I, it's I think it's it, I don't know if it's just luck because a lot of times you know it's 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 some it's somehow everything kind of coming together it's not lucky though you make yeah. decisions about casting yeah you, make yeah, it, yeah. you, you know it, I think the luck of it just comes on on behalf of Somehow, an executive made a decision to say, "Okay, sure,
1: exactly." Who the hell yeah, knows yeah, what it's not—it's it's certainly not just love. Sure, but yet I can speak to a number of writers who, you know, what I mean, like this very talented people sure. who it hasn't happened in one way or another for, and that is the part of it that you just go, "Yeah, it's—it's it's, like you said, it's tough the, business." Yeah, the stars aligning. Why'd you do
0: it? <laughs>
1: <Get> <laughs> I had no choice, like Get you out. said, I had yeah. no choice. Right,
0: <laughs> right. Right. Because like now I'm, I'm sad because when people are like, if, if uh, I wanted to start doing comedy, what would you say? Like, <laughs> we're all filled up.
1: <laughs> no vacancy. Come back later. yeah. But,
0: but I don't even know. I'm just old now. You know what I mean? I There's know. two or three generations behind me and they're doing OK, I guess. Yeah. I don't know who they are. A lot of them, but they seem to be doing okay. But I don't know; the entire business is different. What okay means now is something I may never see. Right? There could be a guy that just bought his third house, <laughs> doing a very popular thing, and I don't even know how to get it on my phone.
2: Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 changing. It feels like it's changing li- at lightning speed too.
0: Yeah, I, I it, it, it's just watching these the actual networks kind of like. Just desperately hang on, yeah. you know. It's kinda wild. <laughs> yeah. But like but like something like HAXO, it seems popular. You're doing good, right? In terms of this yeah. the marketplace anyway. Th- yeah.
1: We we've we hit a, a lucky thing where it seems like we got critics on our side, but also there's a, a general audience as well. People like it. People like it, yeah. What's it's, it on? Uh it's on HBO Max. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: But not. But that. is that this difference? Is that different than HBO?
1: HBO is the like more linear. Like you have to have cable and have HBO. It, like, but it,
0: but it's also on HBO.
1: Our show is on HBO Max, but okay. not HBO. Oh. But HBO. Here is the trick: yeah. HBO shows are on, on HBO. HBO and HBO Max. I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so <laughs> the, is there, Has that stuck in your craw?
1: No, no, right. no. Thanks, taking my. It's probably better. It's bad. on
0: the streaming service. Better.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it. most people I know, that's how they watch everything. It's Apple, anyway. Apple
0: TV. Right, and, and then it aggregates it. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. It. And I get through Hulu. I get my cable through Hulu. Yeah. Because I'm not a sports guy. There's no reason for me to have a fucking dish on my roof. Right. Or a right. wire coming into my house. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> right. But, uh, well, that's great. And how did what was casting? What People. was the casting like? I mean, it...
1: so we 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 sold the show to HBO Max, and and we knew that it kind of like lived and you know died by who plays Deborah Vance. Like it's a, it's a very tricky thing. And
0: did you think of comics?
1: No, we mm. kind of. I mean, not you know, not that there aren't many wonderful comics who are also incredible actors, but we knew that the show we wanted the tone to be kind of equally comedic and dramatic yeah and so to us we needed an actor that embodied that an actor an actor yeah (laughs) and and so pretty quickly jean's name was at the top of the list because she's so skilled at doing both sides of that um and sent her the script and had fingers crossed for a few days and then we got the word that she wanted to meet about it
0: oh great and hannah where'd she come from so him, they're both so good. They're so, so funny. Good. To you. Everyone's good. Paul's good. And the,
1: Everyone, uh, the, yeah. yeah. We're, our cast is we very lucky. Um, basically, it was it was the opposite of the Gene. You know, Gene. It was like okay, let's yeah. get Gene smart. Thank God we did. The search for Ava was a very exhaustive. I, I think I looked one time of all the self tapes we'd received because it was during COVID, so yeah. everybody was just taping at home, or maybe it was right at the beginning of COVID, so yeah. some. People were auditioning in person, but I looked at the packet of all the actors and comedians who had auditioned for AVE, and I think I counted, and it was like 450 oh my God. tapes we'd seen. Um, and Hannah was just, you know, she was doing stand-up, and she, you know, came into the casting director's yeah. office, and she did a self-tape, and Paul Lucci and I are sitting watching, you know, every day we would get 20 tapes that we had to yeah. watch, and, and she really stuck out to us. uh uh-huh um and then kind of continued to in the process you know she comes in for a callback. we say oh wow there's really something here and uh and that was kind of how it happened yeah and then once you know once they do their chemistry tests gene and hannah that that was kind of like game over it was they had they had such (laughs) good instant chemistry oh yeah yeah it was really
0: that's great
1: it was really cool
0: and who's the woman that plays Paul's assistant?
1: Meg Stalter.
0: What's her trip?
1: <laughs> so she was, she kind of became known doing... Um, instagram videos Uh, front-facing camera videos are uh you familiar no okay what
2: does that mean
1: i mean it just means like you're holding your phone up and you're you know turning the camera and then you're just like doing your bit straight to camera that way yeah um and she she was crazy funny on those and we knew of her through that and then she she does stand up you know she's an incredible performer too and paul was booked on a show with her um and just was like, yeah, Meg is so funny. We have to, uh-huh. we have to write this for her.
0: Oh, good. And that dude who plays uh, Deborah's assistant.
1: Uh, actor? Carl Carl Clemens Hopkins, actor, yeah. Um, He's very good. Yeah, they're they're theater. Uh Theater. Yeah. Huh. And then Mark and Delicado plays Deborah's assistant, Damien. He he was a child actor, was on Ugly Betty. So someone who's been in the business for a very long time. You know, casting's one of those things like it's just weird chemistry. Like it's yeah. putting no, these know. people together yeah. and um so we feel very lucky.
0: And you got an Emmy for the script? Yeah. Three of you? That's great. Thanks. <laughs> it's exciting, right?
1: It was. It was very. It was very exciting. It was very cool, and, and, and not. Honestly, not even though we were nominated, not expected that we would win.
0: Yeah, and this season I thought was good. I thought it held together. I didn't know. Like I was. I was skeptical coming out of the second season to to see her in comedy clubs because I wonder how that went. Mm-hmm. But the, I think what's established that the reason it works is that she did have an audience
1: yeah yeah uh,
0: you know at some point
1: yes yeah and, and st- in and vegas sh- yeah yeah and, yeah. and still so, does have a niche right. audience that's yeah. right yes
0: so that was like what really kind of put it over the, yeah you know, that made it work yeah so wait so now what uh, now are you guys waiting for a pickup or you got one
1: we are waiting to officially hear yeah
0: looking good though right
1: i think so yeah
0: all right well i like it and uh, it was great talking to you
1: very lovely talking to you thanks for having me <laughs>
0: There you go. That was a good talk. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Season 2 of Hacks just finished up. You can watch uh, both seasons on HBO Max. And now I enjoyed this piece of guitar work I just did. I'm going to do for you now. and La Fonda, cat angels everywhere.